I've never actually sang that song before, so I thought it went pretty well. <laughs> Many of you, that's probably a classic, right? So the scripture I'd like to read with you today comes from the book of 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. You can follow along on the screen if you'd like, or just listen. This is the word of the Lord. Peter says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So the last couple of weeks I've been talking with you about um, growing spiritual fruit. And we're reading from uh, the text, which we'll touch on in a minute, where Jesus tells the, the parable of the sower who goes out sowing seed. And there's different, uh, different types of soils and circumstances that prevent or uh, grow the spiritual fruit that God is wanting to grow within each of our hearts. And he talks about the good soil and how the good soil takes the Word, whatever we receive from Jesus, the proclaimed Word or signs of His presence, and lets it grow within our hearts and produces fruit. Do you remember? A hundredfold. It's incredible, isn't it? Beyond our imagination, that's what God wants to do in our hearts despite the difficulties of our time despite uh, all the things that we feel are going wrong in the world around us that clearly are in uh, great peril, God still is not done doing a work within us. So in the last couple weeks, we talked about simplicity, doing less, focusing on less, and slowing down. If we want to slow down, we have to do less, right? That's part of why we have such complicated lives and why we go so fast. They feed off of one another, so slowing down. Going at, living life at a slower pace, thinking at a slower pace, resting, pausing. And these practices result in more peace, more joy, more hope, more kindness, more compassion for yourself and for others. These are spiritual fruits. Sounds great, right? Everybody says that sounds really good. So why is this so hard? Why is it hard for you or for me? I admit I, as often as I can that this is, these are hard for me, simplicity and slowing. Why is it so hard for us? Why doesn't it just happen in our lives? Why can't we just say, oh yeah, this is what I want to be about and I'm not going to worry about anything else. Well, I don't know about you. I'm not going to make assumptions about why it's hard for you. I get into trouble when I make assumptions. But maybe these are some of the, maybe you can relate to some of mine. Scarcity is one reason that I live a complex and fast-paced life is I don't have enough right now. The blessings in my life, not enough. I need more. 
I need more opportunity. I need more education. I need more influence. I need more friends. I need more stuff. And then we get caught into, well, I've got so much stuff, I need to work more. (laughs) That's just one thing. Scarcity. I don't have enough. Okay, another one that I struggle with, maybe you do too, guilt. I don't do enough. I should be doing more. I should be doing more for my church. Please don't quit what you're doing. <laughs> should be doing more for my church. Should be doing more for my family, either my immediate family or my extended family or my family of origin. I should be doing more for my community. I should be doing more for my spouse or for my children. Guilt. I don't do enough. Shame is another one. I'm not enough. Me as I am right now, my experience is not enough. So I need something else other than just to accept that I am unconditionally loved by God. That's a really hard one. If we start exploring that path, we go pretty deep. And a lot of these are rooted in, what do you think? Do you have any ideas? Can you think of any ideas what all these are rooted in? Scarcity, guilt, and shame? Fear. What will happen? What will happen if I don't keep up with everything that I think will make me a a good person or make me think that I'm doing enough in my life? What will happen if I don't keep up with others or if I don't measure up to others? What are they going to say about me? What am I going to look like compared to everybody else in my age or my demographic if I do something that's completely different like follow Jesus and slow down and simplify my life? What are they going to say? And also, lastly, the fear of missing out. That's become a phenomenon. That's why so many of us get addicted to social media is because it's like, well, wait a minute, I need to know everything that's happening everywhere. Otherwise, I'm not going to know. So what? <laughs> do, you need, do you need to know? Do you need to know what's going on in my life every moment of every day? Well, maybe you'd say, well, yeah, because you're a pastor. Well, <laughs> outside of that reality, probably not. But friends, there is a cost with trying to keep up with these different anxieties that we feel. There is a cost to the fears. And the cost is the effects that I just mentioned. Fear, guilt, shame. We don't like feeling any of those things. Scarcity that we don't have enough creates anxiety within us. But there are more even uh, toxic effects of this reality. Anxiety. Depression. Bitterness and anger, that's what results when we feel like uh, we're powerless to, to slow down, to do less. We're stuck in this rut. We're captive to these realities. And what do those things do? Anxiety, depression, anger, and bitterness. They choke out spiritual growth. You could hear the best sermon in the world, probably not from me, but you could hear the best sermon in the world and in the moment say, That is awesome. I am going to give Jesus my life. Everything. Everything. It's yours, Jesus. And the minute you walk out and you get back into your day-to-day life, choked right out. That's just the realities. That's the cares that we uh, have that are really in our heart. They, They actually choke out the work of the Holy Spirit within us. Remember, Jesus says this. Jesus says, as for what fell among the thorns, these are the ones that hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked out by the cares. And not just the cares, but the riches and the pleasures of life. And their fruit 
does not mature. The fruits of the Spirit that God wants to grow within each one of our hearts, the fruit does not mature. Why? Because of the cares. It's also the same word for anxieties. And the riches, which we generally think is good, like more stuff, more opportunity, and the pleasures of life. But the consequence of that is the fruit does not mature. So if we want to experience more uh, things like peace, joy, and hope with Christ, which we all agree that we do, we have to make a choice. We have to be willing to make choices that don't necessarily make sense to other people. They're not necessarily going to measure up to our friends, the people we have coffee with, the people who uh, our kids are on the same sports teams or whatever. Even some of the people within this church, they might not make sense to other people. Because simplicity means saying no, even just to ourselves or to our children. Simplicity means saying no to others, which enables us to slow down. It means feeling satisfied with what we have right now, either individually or as a church. To say what we have right now is enough. What can we give back to God because of what He's given us? But the anxiety of it all makes, most, makes it hard for most of us to make changes because it doesn't feel good. Just be honest with yourself. It doesn't feel good to let go of control. Does it? To say, okay, these are my choices. I'm going to simplify the things that I'm worried about, the things I'm working for. I'm going to slow down in my life and I'm going to let go of the outcome of that because I can't control Joanne's choices or behavior, but I can control my own. It doesn't feel good to let go of control, does it, Joanne? (laughs) I know I can pick on you. (laughs) It doesn't feel good. And it definitely does not say good. Does anyone like to say no to other people? No, probably not. It doesn't uh, feel good to let God reshape our identity. Because so often our identity is shaped around all these things that give us complex lives. How well I do at performing at my work. How good of a mom or a dad I am. How much money I give to the church. How often I am a church attender. The things I volunteer for. What other people think about me. So we become trapped in saying that's what what defines who I am. But the reality is that God wants us to accept that we are unconditionally loved by Him and that He wants to nurture these spiritual fruits within our hearts. But in order for us to let God do that work within us, we have to get rid of that anxiety, that those cares. And I think that's why Peter says in this reading that we read today, he tells his fellow Christians at the time to cast their anxiety on the Lord. Cast is meaning... Uh, to completely transfer it over. To give it to Him. To give Him your anxiety. To give Him those things that you care so much about that you're not so sure you can let go of. To just give those all to Him completely. Not just partially. Not just like, oh, I'll just kind of give you a little bit of my life. But completely give it to Him. To have a radical trust in Him. To say, God, I trust that You care for me so I can let go of these things that I'm worried about. These things that are choking out the work that you want to do within my heart. Think about it like this. I was thinking, cast, you know, that's an easy metaphor for fishing. I know many of you like fishing. If you, if you walked down to the lake and you saw me 
uh, holding my fishing rod, which I don't have one, but say I borrowed one from Chuck. <laughs> and I'm down there and I've got it just kind of, I'm holding on to it and just kind of dangling the hook in the water. Chuck would say, what are you doing? <laughs> You're not going to catch a fish that way. I said, well, yeah, I will. I'll catch that little tiny fish right there. I can see it. <laughs> That's what kids do. Right? No. I mean, when you want to be serious about fishing, you cast it out there. It's maybe strategic location of that's where I'm going to catch the big fish. But it's a sort of a separation from where you're at right now. And that's kind of the, it's not exactly what God is talking about here, what Peter's suggesting, but it's a total transfer. It's just like, let go of that. You can't do anything about it. So make the choices that are honoring to God and cast the rest away. Why? Because God cares for you. Can you trust in that enough to cast your fears and your anxieties, the cares of the world that would choke out spiritual growth within you? Can you trust enough that God cares for you to cast those things over to Him? Peter suggests that to transfer over to God our fears, our anxiety, our worry, is to completely do that and to trust that God cares for us. And the same word that Peter uses, I'll, I'll say this again, the same word that Peter uses for anxiety is the same Greek word that Jesus uses when he talks about the cares and the riches of the world choking out spiritual growth. It's the same word. So Peter likely took this and said, okay, we need to do something about the cares of the world that everybody struggles with even back then. We need to do something with that so that God can work through us and in us. Cast it out. Cast the cares on God. So in our everyday language, what Peter is describing is the art of letting go. It doesn't mean that we do nothing. It doesn't mean that we just let other people act on our behalf. It doesn't mean that at all. It means we simplify our lives. Peter says to discipline yourselves. To be really intentional about what you're doing and why you're doing it doesn't mean we do nothing. It means we simplify our lives and we do what we think, what we discern God is asking us to do. What is God wanting me to do today? Let's focus on that. Start with that. Simplify and slow down. Abide with Christ. Walk with Him. And then let go of the outcome. Because chances are if you start to let God refine your life so that you can walk more fully with Christ, people are not going to like it. Or it might involve some pain of changing, letting go of things. But after all, it's God who does the growing in our hearts. It's God who gives us life. It's God who gives us inspiration. It's God who gives us hope. It's God who gives us renewal, which is what I'm going to talk about next week. Simplicity, slowing, letting go of the outcome is what leads to a spiritual renewal within our hearts. Not by getting more. Not by worrying more. Not by talking more about our problems. None of that leads to renewal in our hearts. Do you believe me? Because you've likely tried it. It doesn't work. God invites us to let go and to trust that He is the one who cares for us. That He's the one who will lift us up. Letting go helps us then to be clear about our own choices. Not your choices, my choices. 
I say, I don't want to do that anymore because I want to be more faithful to God. It, makes, it lets me be more clear about my choices, my motivations. Letting go helps us to take steps of faith that God is placing before us and releasing the fear and anxiety that's generated back to God. And friends, I promise you that if your motivation is to be closer to God, you make a change in your life because you say, this is going to help me to be closer to God. And then you let the Holy Spirit work within you as you make that choice. I promise you that you can trust that God will care for you. Like if that's your motivation, God knows your motivation. You say, I'm making this change. I'm slowing down in my life. I'm going to simplify my life. That might mean disappointing my boss or disappointing my pastor or disappointing my my friends and my family. It feels scary. But I promise you that you will discover this truth that God Himself cares for you and will lift you up. He'll bring renewal. It may not come tomorrow. Probably won't. It may not come by everybody eventually saying, oh, you were right. I'm going to do the same thing. Probably won't. <laughs> but I don't know, you know, are you trying to please God or are you trying to uh, please everybody else around you? I mean, that's the question we have to ask ourselves when we're looking to make changes towards simplicity and slowing and letting go. Letting go. Sometimes the hardest thing to let go of is what other people think. Sometimes we don't even know uh, what's hard for us to let go of. We're not even aware of it. I think that's actually the biggest challenge for us all. And you might even be saying, I'm fine at letting go. But we know how it feels, doesn't it? We know how it feels when we aren't letting go. Just clench your fists for a second. Just as hard as you can. Just humor me. Just as hard as you can. Or grab something in front of you. Grab your leg and just grab it. You know? How does that feel? Like, what do you feel in your chest? Do you feel any tightness there? Yeah. Sometimes we're doing this and we don't even realize it. Like when we're talking about those people that voted for that candidate. Like, how could they do that? How could they say that? How could that pastor say that? <laughs> You know, we, we end up carrying this. And this what ends up choking out the presence of the Spirit within us. It just completely chokes out the peace and joy that you were made for. And you might say, well, yeah, but Chad, uh, Peter wasn't living in 2022. Wasn't, you know, dealing with the realities that everybody's dealing with now. So no. No, they were actually, he was talking about, you know, suffering for a while that people were trying to kill them for being Christians. And you could say whatever you want about the status of our country, but we ain't there yet. He's saying, take that fear that you have that's generated by your wanting to be faithful to God, take that fear and cast it back to God because He can handle it and He will lift you up. That's what He says at the end. He says, um, let me read this to you again. This is the good news. God Himself will restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. To Him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is talking about, Peter's talking about placing a radical trust in God for the things that really matter most in our lives. So it might be hard for you to identify what is it that I'm holding on to 
What is it that I'm white-knuckling? Recently, I learned a really good technique for identifying these things. I started making a list. Make a list of the things that you're powerless over. All the things that you're powerless over. Maybe start with the ones that cause some sort of negative emotion in you. I'm powerless over um, what's happening in our country. It's a big picture thing. I'm powerless over uh, people's decision to come to this church or to not come to this church. I'm powerless over a dysfunctional, uh, a toxic person in my family. I'm powerless over a toxic person in my workplace. I'm powerless over people's perceptions of me. Make a list of those things. And then also write, what's the effect that it's having on you? Your powerlessness over this particular area. And I'm guessing that you'll find that these are the things that bother you. That these are the things that cause you anxiety. Or maybe even anger or bitterness or, or just fear and worry. And maybe that can be an invitation for you to let go of those things. Specifically. Intentionally. Because how often do we say the phrase, that I almost went with this, you know, the let go and let God. You know, let go and let God. Well, if we're not really specific, like a surgeon, you know, if we're not really specific about what it is we're letting go, then it just becomes another platitude that we really don't live by. We say we do, let, you know, let go and let God, but we're not actually getting to the root of the problem. Like, no, this particular thing that's causing me stress and anxiety, I need to let that go. Because I can't control it. But what I can control is my own choices. To simplify my life, to be super intentional about what I'm doing. To allow my heart to become a place where God can nurture and grow spiritual fruit for myself and for others. God's desire, friends, is that our hearts would grow spiritual fruit by our commitment to Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit within our hearts as we let go and cast our cares on Jesus because He will care for us. He will care for us, bringing peace to our hearts and assurances of His love and presence with us. It starts with simplifying, then slowing, and then letting go. Amen. In this 30 seconds of 